That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. <laughs> World Wars Lord. It's free, you know. I traveled through time. Totally. Totally. Have sex with happy mates. Put you on a lazy Susan. <laughs> it's a total fact. fact. The father of and the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor. Let's get guns. Now this is Tofop. The following episode of Tofop is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. Tofop advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Oh my god, I'm Will Anderson. Hello. <laughs> this is exciting. This is not a dream. I can't believe this is actually really happening. Yeah, it's uh like firstly we're podcasting in the pod cave. The yes. pod cave that we haven't done like we haven't done it. Right, yeah, yeah. We've never done it here. Right. This was built for this podcast. Yeah. And it's been sitting around storing shit and I've been like doing podcasts with other people in here and feeling like this is not right. So essentially I bought the, I, this was for us to do podcasts in. So this is the end of the dark night. Because Bruce Wayne has oh built God. the Batcave and everything, yep. and then you pick up at the Dark Knight Rises, and oh he's just God. been gone for fucking eight that, years. That's what this is. This is Tofop Rises. Oh, my God. Well, so it's going to be a disappointing third act? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, that's I when, know how you that's, feel. That's We're when, not going to go into it. That's it's, actually it's too when early. we started doing... That's when we stopped doing the podcast. And during that period of time, like I'm glad it's been 18 months that you couldn't come back to the podcast <laughs> because it's long enough that I can now emotionally distance <laughs> myself and see you as a good friend even though you think that that is a disappointing third part to that sequel which i still yeah. disagree with look i it's one bad line i think the, the the best simile is the star wars trilogy yeah return of the jedi is a perfectly entertaining film yeah but stacked up against the first two it doesn't hold up there right. are elements in it there are ewoki elements in the Dark Knight Rises, there which are. undermine yes. its overall greatness. No, I understand. There is some Ewoki Taken moments. in isolation, For it's a, a perfectly good film. I've talked about this before, but literally I, I, I've decided that I think it's perfect. I don't give a shit. I think it's perfect, except for one line that really does bother me still. Well, probably two. These are my two moments. Have you come back to die with your city? Yes. That line? That one. No, well, it's, not, it's his line after that, which is like where he says, No, I've come back. To stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate that line so much because why would he say that? He should say, if that's what it takes. That's what I decide. He yeah. should now say, if that's what it takes. So as soon as I learn how to do it, I'm going to re-edit my version mm. of the Dark Knight that I have on my computer. Like George Lucas with Star Wars. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I'm just going to put that in. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be my hand shot first moment, right? This is part of your grand plan. Tofop is back. We're going to sell out to the highest sponsor. You're going to make right. enough money to rival George Lucas. You are going to buy yep. the Dark Knight franchise from Warner Brothers. Yes. So you can release your special issue oh my god how good would that be like for, that's my you that's my dream now oh my that god. is my dream and the only other thing i would change is this is the only other thing i'm changing in this otherwise perfect movie in my eyes is that uh you know when uh catwoman yes uh like uh, goes away and batman doesn't see her go and he turns around and does that 
So that's what that feels like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would have him say that in his normal voice. Yes. Because there's no one there. Yeah. And I think, like, I know it's a hammy moment, a lot but of people, I don't mind a comedic moment, right? Lot, I'm fine with a comedic moment in those films because they're pretty dark otherwise. Yeah. And I don't mind a little moment where you remember, it's a comic book. Yeah. I know this is in the real world, but it's still a comic book. But I think it would have been even funnier if it was like he was so surprised by that that it just fell out and it fell out in his real voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I definitely. think that would have been a genuinely comic moment to remember that, oh yeah fuck he's just an idiot in a bat suit if I'm viewing being Batman from an actor's point of view uh-huh. I can understand oh, why go. Batman suddenly you've had a job for a year and a half <laughs> think you can be fucking Batman <laughs> delusional actor from Summer Bay to Gotham City this is how far you have fucking come in that 18 months you're yeah. a guy on, on a podcast talking about Batman with no job prospects and now you reckon you can be Batman well no what I'm approaching it from is the psychology of Batman and why he would choose to keep the voice and uh-huh. I'm saying if you're an actor and you're adopting a character for instance Bruce Wayne is playing Batman yeah it's easier for him once he's got the mask on just to keep the uh-huh. accent. Just in the yeah. same way that Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't break character or uh-huh. you know, a lot of method actors don't break character. That's why he does it. And if you think about the previous uh, Batman films, uh-huh. Michael Keaton in Batman Returns when the end of that film when uh, you know, Catwoman turns up and stuff and she knows that he's Bruce Wayne he does the voice. Uh, the Penguin knows who he is and he does the voice because... He's in the gear. It's easier for him. Otherwise, when he's talking to Commissioner Gordon, he might accidentally drop out and do the Bruce Wayne voice. And then he's fucked. Right. So it makes more sense just to like lower the odds of fucking up and keep the voice the whole time. Okay, I'm with you with that, to be honest with you. I, I, that, that rings absolutely true with me. If someone gives me that explanation, I say, yes, I agree with you 100%. Do the voice all the time, right? And I'm fine with that. Yeah. So here's the only problem with the Batman trilogy for me is that none of them are long enough. I want more because this is the only time I get to hang out in this universe. So what I want to do when I have enough money is when I'm going back to re-edit these films and I own these films, mm. is I'm going to add extra scenes that justify what you've just said. Yeah, right. So you won't just see him like training in a prison and turning into Batman. You've seen You'll him see him taking class. <laughs> You'll be doing like improv classes oh at UCB God. and he'll be studying like Stanislavski or whatever you the see fuck. Him, it's like the, king, the King's Speech. You see him in the mirror going like, there's literally a scene where like his mentor is not fucking Liam Neeson, it's Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that in. That's going to be a whole new thing. I'm going to yeah. hire all the actors. I'm just going to make more stories off that story. The that, Dark Knight speech. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine About that. a guy oh my God, who Rhett, couldn't talk in the Batman Rhett, voice. No, no, even better. Rhett, okay, Rhett Connor, Bruce Wayne has done uh-huh. all the martial arts training, but right. he's grown up with a lisp his entire life. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how good a fighter he becomes, he's right. instantly recognisable by his... No, not a lisp, a stutter. Sorry, it's a yeah. stutter, right? Okay, a stutter. He's got yeah, a stutter. Yeah. So he does all the training in Tibet and whatever, but when he comes back, the one thing is he has to overcome his speech impediment and his fear of talking in front of people. I would love that. <laughs> the Batman speech. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Dark Knight speech. Well, not oh, oh, yeah, no, okay. not quite the Dark Knight yet, is he? Because no. it's the start. So it's got to be Batman Begins, the Batman speech. Yeah, or is it Bruce Wayne's speech? I don't care. No, Either it's way, Batman speech. Either way, because let's Batman has make to it. deliver the speech. Yeah, but and also, you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Of, of course, that's good. Cool. Of course, it's got to be Batman. Plus, you got to have Batman in the title. Like, if we're selling this, yeah, right. Because we go to Warner Brothers and we say, right. look, we know you're sort of halfway committed to the Zack. Snyder thing. Yeah. Frankly, we're all a bit nervous. No, it's not going to work out. <laughs> Come on, guys. Batman speech. Batman speech. Uh, we, oh, here's our pitch. We remake whatever movie you want with Batman. Oh, my God. 
good Batman hunting. Oh my god, weekend at Batman's. I don't care. Let's let's just workshop ideas. Bruce Wayne is a janitor in a high school. Right. I love it. Or or maybe like, oh no, I like this one. Okay, uh, it, Batman. It's called Batman, and it's seven sixties <laughs> advertising. Oh. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah. And like Donnie Draper, but like Batman. Yeah, but Don Draper is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Br- the, I'd love to the see a whiskey caper. swilling women, woman slapping Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne? Sexist. Old school smoking. Yeah. Having affairs. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. John Hamm would be a great Batman. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, that should be the... Uh, no, well, so we'll remake TV shows as well. Everything. I don't mind. <laughs> Everything's better with Batman. Yeah. That's my motto. Uh, no, That's my uh, Batman was, was going to be, for me, it was going to be my remake of Twins. <laughs> <laughs> but we do... Twi- Bruce Wayne discovers he has a twin. And the twin's like, oh, the twin's the penguin. Oh, oh my God. It looks completely different from him. So right. it's the same premise. But it turns out that yeah. it's like, yeah, the penguin is actually Batman's... A biological twin, but they look and but you keep the the rest of the premise of twins. Batman, there but you go. does it turn, does it stay a comedy? Because it would start with the penguin. That makes sense because yep. Danny DeVito is like a down and out kind of like a, a grifter kind of guy, like a con yeah, man, right? Right. Going in and out of jail. So that would be the penguin, right? And then on a separate and island, Danny DeVito play the penguin. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's Perfect. right. So we just cast Danny DeVito. Exactly. <laughs> Easy. He's probably on a, like a, they probably got a holding deal for a sequel with him anyway. So we'll get him cheap because he already signed the contract 20 years ago. Yeah. DeVito gets this call from his agent out of the blue. Dan, Danny, you'll never believe it. It's but you know be... when we signed that 20-year penguin thing and, oh, sorry, 30-year penguin thing and uh, we all just laughed because we thought it was a weird fee for something that no one had ever called us in on. Uh, anyway, you'll be happy for the work. Yeah. Well, you know how twins... Has that uh, famous story as with the easiest pitch in Hollywood? Yeah. They literally went Schwarzenegger, DeVito, twins. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be even shorter than that. You say just be Batman twins. Oh no, but no, you'd just come in and you'd be like, no, it'd be because you who's who are you casting as Batman in this film? Oh well, Ben Affleck, I guess. But he's got to be the he's got to be the same age as the Penguin. He's got to be someone. So you it, this yeah. is your time where you're casting your uh, older Batman, like yeah. someone who like you know looks like a okay. you know a fifty year old Batman. Okay. That's good. Po- that's a good question. So Danny DeVito would be what sixty something. Let's yeah, say you can, but I reckon you can we cast between fifty right, and sixty. I reckon we can cheat it. Yeah, you're looking at someone who's fifty or sixty who looks like they could have been like Batman. Who is like? Because that's the age of like the Schwarzenegger guy, and you know Stallone from, and all um, those guys. Is there any of those guys that? The, what about like uh, Russell Crowe? Nah, he's too stocky. Not elegant enough to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he J- could do uh, it. Is Hugh Jackman too young? Yeah, it doesn't look as old. Too young. It's got to go older. Yeah, you got to go older. It's got to be older than. No. I can't think of one guy, person of like a generation who's older than that. Is Brad Pitt? I mean, Brad Pitt is fifty, right? Yeah, be yeah. I guess Brad Pitt. I reckon Brad Pitt. If you were, like yeah. roughed him up, aged him up, aged him up a bit. Reverse, uh, reverse button action on yeah. him. Benjamin Button. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So Brad Pitt. Oh, aged that's up. That's not bad. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because you All take right. a gorgeous guy yeah. and age him up because he's got to look like a really strong physical yeah. specimen still. At that's right. It's 50, 60, whatever we're saying they are. All right. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So this is my pitch. <laughs> this is my pitch that rivals uh, Schwarzenegger, DeVito, Schwarzenegger twins. DeVito twins. This is my pitch. Pitt. DeVito, Batman. <laughs> well, that is, that, that's a better pitch. Yeah, I guess that's it a is. better pitch. Yeah, it's a bit of a, like, more of a thinker. You have to think about it. You, you mean, I said it's like twins. 
Yeah, I'll set them up with the twins things first so they have context. I'll say they say the best pitch in history was and I'll tell the twins story and then I will say, yeah, yeah. sit back in your chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. You set it up with right. a bit of history. And then they get it immediately. And then they get because, it. Yeah, yeah. They're associating them right. straight away. Yeah. Also, for the previous 20 minutes, I had been pitching them remaking every other film with Batman. So they were already on board (laughs) with the premise. Like, it wasn't a complete surprise to them that Batman came up because I literally, for the last hour and a half, was like, life of pie, except the tiger is Batman. I think, I mean, you've seen the the trailer for the Gotham TV series. Looks right to me. It looks like they're actually taking our idea already because if that works, they will spin off a zillion... Different way. You know, the one thing I've noticed, everyone talks about the DC Warner Brothers, oh, sorry, the Marvel um, uh, DC, the way that Marvel has done an amazing job with the bringing Marvel their universe, universe to the screen, right? Yes. And, and it's been so successful that they're teasing out like minor characters and having huge success with them. I know. Because they've been so good at setting that universe up. Whereas they have. Warner Brothers seems to have dropped the ball with like Green Lantern and apart from the Dark Knight... Dark Knight was great, but everything else has been terrible. That's right. So with Man of Steel, they're attempting to uh, catch up to Marvel, but they're doing it in reverse, whereas Marvel introduced all the characters separately and then built to the Avengers. Yes. Warner Brothers, what it looks like they're going to do is maybe do one Superman film with Superman, Batman, and someone else, and then leapfrog into their like Avengers film, which will be Justice League, right? Yeah. And then try to spin everybody off out of that movie, like yeah. the rest of the characters. So I let most people think Warner Brothers this is not the way to do it. Like that they should just copy the Marvel formula because yep. it's, it's there and it works and they could do the same thing. I mean, they really should though. Like it seems so weird to me. I mean, the only thing that you'll cop from that is you're copying, copying the Marvel. Yeah. Okay. You ever fucking bought a, like a telephone? Because guess what? Yeah. Every fucking company is copying That's the other like companies. pitching an idea for a panel show to a TV station. We right. want to get like uh, four comedians and one host. Like, Mate, that's, uh, that's been done. You can't yeah, do that. We only have done. one panel show right. on TV. Just do it. People yeah. have agreed on the way that we like our superhero movies. It's, it's a formula. Just make them that way. It's a formula. Just follow the formula. So, well, I agree that that's a bad idea. <laughs> Say these two artists. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. All we want in our... Just get a robot to do it. Why isn't there a robot? <laughs> but I think what DC are doing on TV is actually really smart like they're kind of beating marvel in terms of like what they've done with arrow and the arrows that and yeah the arrow's okay do you watch Gotham. arrow oh yeah i watch a bit of it i don't really it's a bit too cw or whatever it is you know a bit yeah. too good looking for me i mean that guy that arrow guy yeah like i think he looks like a, a hero yeah. but I, everything else like i find him really bland you know he's really short right no you can tell in the way they shoot it right. well, now that i've told you you'll because be able to all of the queen really all the queen in the comic books is like a bit has got a lot of flair right like he's charming right. and yeah, yeah, like he's yeah, a rakish yeah. kind of playboy uh-huh. but i don't get this guy looks like a, a model and i actually sort yeah. of i find but he was on he was on an island yeah with a wig <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, a terrible yeah, terrible wig with but they, with uh, Tom Hanks's wig from Castaway. <laughs> hey, can we get Tom Hanks for this new show? No, but here's what we can we get. We get his here. wig at 20% cheaper. <laughs> That's a $14 million wig. Yep. 
<laughs> we'll throw in the volleyball for another 3000 3, No one's tried to employ the volleyball since that movie. You, the volleyball will let you stick your dick in it for 5000 No one For 5000 you can fuck Wilson. No questions asked. So the guy from DC goes and present, presents it and they're like, great idea, let's do it. Marvel not doing it? Then let's do it. Is this the opposite of what the people who are number one in our industry are doing? <laughs> then we should do that. It is like that. It's like they're stuck in a mine. Marvel has started saying, look, if you climb these rocks, you can get out. Yeah. And DC are like, you know what? We're just going to keep digging. We reckon, although you're heading to the light, we reckon we're going to dig our way to freedom this way. They're going, and the, the Marvel people are going, oh, no, no. It's not just the light we're going towards. We can literally see the outside. There's people waving at us. And <laughs> telling us this is the way to come. <laughs> and they're telling us going the other way is certain death. <laughs> I'm literally holding on to a sign right now that says, don't go down, it's certain death. That is what I am shouting at you from. I'm holding on to this sign. I can read it. You know what? Have you got your phone on you? I will take a photo. Get your phone out of your pocket. <laughs> Yeah, good work, DC. Well yeah, done. but I reckon that I reckon it's not a bad. Like but TV, Gotham, Gotham looks good. Well, TV's so good now, though. Yeah. And, and one of the so good. And the great thing about TV, well is, done, TV. If you're listening, well, it's funny though. Like I felt ten years ago that maybe you know when cable came into Australia and stuff and got really big that maybe people would stop watching TV. I just read this. Um, uh, I just read this book called Difficult Men. Tom Ballard uh, bought it for me for my birthday. Thank you, Tom. Uh, and. Uh, it's Apple a, polisher. It's about it's about the um uh, the guys like you know behind the Sopranos, behind Breaking Bad, behind Six Feet Under, and all that sort of revolution of television, you know, mm. and uh, Mad Men and all that sort of thing. And they're all pretty in their own rights, pretty crazy, you know, difficult men. Yeah, and writing about difficult men, you know, all these yeah. ant- the rise of the antiheroes. But as you read that book, you just you do sit there and go, oh God, I remember when I thought the X Files was amazing yeah, television yeah, yeah. like because you got nothing good before then and then just television changed and now we expect that Excellence. everything's going to be excellent yeah like and like these days i watch a show like the americans which i really like right but that's not even in my top five shows that i would say that i yeah. enjoy like in the old days i love my big guilty pleasure is person of interest like i love that show i like i know i shouldn't love it as much as i love it but i haven't just, seen either of the last two shows you've mentioned uh like person of interest well you know it's a jonathan nolan and uh, jj abrams and it's it's got ben from lost and who's it's the got jim caviezel oh, right. and jesus um, yeah that's right and he can't do comedy and, and sometimes he's got funny lines. It amuses me so much. It's one of those shows that I love, even though like I imagine for some people that probably annoys him that he clearly can't do comedy <laughs> and doesn't really get the jokes he's meant to be doing. Like I m- love the show more Are because Are you sure of that. he doesn't get them or he's not just playing that he doesn't get them? Mate, if he's playing that, then he deserves all the awards. fucking brilliant. Give, give him all the awards. I'll give him some of mine. <laughs> I literally will. I'm like, nice one. Because I know comedy and I don't think you've been doing it. Well, <laughs> well, I don't think you've been doing it in the way either the joke was written or the way you think you've been doing it. Now, I'm laughing at what you're doing, but I'm not laughing at the reason I'm meant to be laughing. But I'm laughing at a reason that actually gives me more joy than if I were laughing at the joke. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I enjoy that in the same way as I enjoy Phil Kogan's um, outfits on The Amazing Race. I think we have two different like televisions <laughs> because you I, ever watch The Amazing I've Race? I've never. Well, yeah, I know The Amazing Race, but who's David Koenig? 
No, nah, no, Phil Kogan's a host. Phil Kogan. He's the uh, Jeff. Phil Kurgan. He's the Jeff. The Kurgan from Kogan. Highlander. Uh, the Co- is, it, is, he, is he eight foot tall and carry a huge broadsword? You know what? Now you're making me uh, lose a little confidence in the fact that I know his name. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 maybe that's what his name is. I watch that show all the time. Oh, show business. So um, anyway, he's the host. He's from New Zealand and he hosts The Amazing Race. And he has this kind of weird New Zealand-American accent Is now. he the new host of The Amazing Race? No, he's been hosting it forever. He's the guy who's always hosted The Amazing Race. Okay. And Weedy little guy. Looks like Steve Monaghetti. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's There's a him. good reference for our American listeners. Yeah, he looks like an obscure Australian marathon Long brother. distance <laughs> Well, I mean, not obscure. He went to my high school. And not obscure in... Um, this country. I like no. Steve Monaghetti. When I, when I was growing up at high school, he was a hero of mine and in my later life, like in appearing on a few shows together, we became quite friendly. That was yeah, quite right. a thrill for me. I was into that. Like two people I was quite thrilled to meet and quite thrilled to know were fantastic people. But if you told me at 15, I would have got to meet either of these people, I would have been pretty excited about how my life had worked out. Yeah. Was uh, Steve Monaghetti, the marathon runner, who turned out to be a fantastic, hilarious bloke and used to do my old TV show and stuff a lot. And uh, Andrew Gaze, the basketballer. And Andrew Gaze was like my hero when I was growing up. What is going on with Andrew Gaze on uh, After the Bounce, After the Game? What's it called? The the Danny Frawley, Vaughn Kerr's favourite television show. You know the one. You know what I love the most is? There would have been people that for the last, I mean, we've talked for 19 minutes, man. We haven't talked for like 18 months. (laughs) And and people have been hoping that at some stage you could come back to the podcast. And we've just rolled into this first one (laughs) with no real sort of ruminations on what's going on and we've talked about fucking Batman and then fucking 20 minutes in we're already on to fucking obscure AFL references (laughs) (laughs) no the more things change the more they stay the same yeah so um, there was this show on uh, Foxtel which is like Rupert Murdoch's um, cable network in Australia but it's the only one you can really get so you have to they have a 24 hour AFL football show and there is and a, I love it and oh it's the best it's the best when I when, it's a, it's when thing Gemma I miss I, most about Australia when Gemma and I moved to Sydney she was like oh thank god we're moving out of Melbourne so you won't be as obsessed with football but because I'd moved to Sydney I had to get Foxtel in order to watch games right and then they invented a 24 24 an hour 365 day a year football show so I can watch football anytime I turn my TV on there is football cons or shows about football I like shows about football more than I like football. Yeah, it's true. I will watch two shows in a row with different people just discussing the exact, exact same, same stuff. Thing. Yeah. I, I love it. I miss it and, so much when I'm and away. And so there's, there's many excellent yeah. uh, football shows. And then there's... <laughs> AFL 360. No, I after, got the, I, after the bounce. Yeah, but here's what I was going to say. Oh. Is AFL 360. No, I like AFL oh, 360. I love AFL 360. Except Robbo, come on. Robbo. I, no, I love Robbo. Although, I, Robbo... Yeah, no, <laughs> So there's this guy. Well, I'm going to explain it to the people who okay. don't understand this. So there's these two guys. Jared Waitley, who's this AFL nerdy footy journalist, who's a great bloke. I like. I really like him. I've met him a few times and he's a, he's a Bulldogs guy and he's fantastic. I like him. Um, so... Uh, then there's Robbo. <laughs> Robbo is the Herald Suns, uh, which is Rupert like, Murdoch's tabloid. Can you just pause for a newspaper. second? If I was someone from overseas 
And I told you there was a very uh, blokey Aussie Australian journalist called Robbo. Robbo. <laughs> I would say, we're come on, bro- dude, isn't that a bit cliche? Yeah, we're, we're not. Is that, we'd be like, is that racism? <laughs> no, no. no yeah, his name is Robbo. 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 And he's got a beard. And the way he wears his tie on television is if he's just got kicked out of a pub yeah. after Friday night drinks. Yeah. And the way he talks is as if he got kicked out of a pub for Friday night drinks. Mm. Like, he's the man. I used to do this thing when I used to watch AFL 360 where I would tweet like Robbo, which was, I would just write tweets, but with no gaps in between anything because he, <laughs> like he literally like one runs one ad break between ad break and ad break. It'll just be like one sentence yeah. from him that just keeps going. Yeah. But I love that show. I think it's Did such a great see, show. The- and during the, well, this is all I want to say was during the comedy festival, um, they invited me on AFL three. Oh, did they really? I could have gone on as a guest. Oh man, you should have. I was excited. I couldn't because my show was at the same time. But Robert does this, this does this thing that I love and that cracks me up. Where when he's asked a question or when a topic comes up, it's like he's thinking about it for the very first time, and you see him agree and then disagree with yeah. himself, and then just throw his hands up at the end and says, I don't know. Mate, he's <laughs> like, seriously... It's incredible. You can he just like, watch him talk for five minutes, and at the end, he says, I don't know. Like, it's literally... if you The best thing would say, Hey, Robbo, um, if I toss you a topic you've never thought about before, despite the fact that you're the chief football writer <laughs> at your newspaper and probably should be thinking about these things, could you just... Go through your thought process out loud and then have no firm conclusions at the end? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can fucking nail that. That's what I, That's my specialty. And what's with the little beard? I mean, come on, Robbo. That little beard. The soul patch, right? Like right. that we... we I, I think we allowed that into the early 2000s, probably peaking with Shannon Noel. Uh-huh. I had a soul and patch. Then, yeah, I had a soul patch too, but it sort of went out with those, um, you know, those ball-bearing necklaces that guys wore. Uh-huh. Remember those? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's sort of... It's a little empire What are records. people doing now? What are people... What are people wearing? What, what are, are people into? What are the... What are you, if I wanted to be fashionable, what would I be wearing? One, all right, is what I noticed that girl girls in their late teens and early twenties are wearing. How many girls in their late teens are you looking at, Charlie? Uh, Heaps at work, I, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of girls now wear those baggy long singlets with a visible bra on the side. Have you noticed oh, that? Oh, with like the armholes that go yeah, way it's like, down. Yeah, it's like a gym singlet, but yeah. it's not. It's like a, it's a fashion singlet. Like it's a fashion and you can singlet. See their bra and, and then you can see their bra on I the side. Because I was saying to Jen, I was like... That's like a deliberate look, isn't that kind of, you know, a bit racy? Right. And that's when she was like, "You're old," and like, "Yeah, yeah." That's I find that kind of con- not confronting, but it's uh, it's underwear, Will. <laughs> I'm sounding like a grandpa, aren't I? <laughs> no, no, Why no. do they want to show their underwear, Will? When I was in um, uh, Minneapolis, uh, there's not heaps of stuff to do in Minneapolis. Um, what is Minneapolis? Where is it? Midwest? Yeah, sure. What's their sports team? The Minneapolis Gophers. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. All oh, right. Uh, where Luke Longley played. For yeah, a while. right. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so the Mighty Ducks movies were filmed there. <laughs> okay, here we go. Three... Hit me with some <laughs> some trivia. Yeah, all three Mighty Ducks films were filmed there. Uh, Prince's house is there. Paisley Park. Right. Is okay. in Minneapolis. And, is um, it a Mormon kind of country? Is it, oh, he's a no, he's a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, he is. A, no, it's it's a pretty cool place. It's kind of got this. It's weirdly in the middle of nowhere, but it has a kind of cool art scene and yeah, like right. they got a g- cool bunch of theaters and stuff like that. Um, it's a city of skyways because it's so cold most of the time that you can't you don't really walk out on the street. You like 
walk through these like tunnels through really? the air that like oh my god it's like uh was is it that was the cloud city moss Eisley? no where's the one you know in oh yeah Strikes yeah Cloud. i know what you mean but yeah, yes yeah. yes <laughs> it's exactly it kind like of is that. like that <laughs> yeah um what else can i tell you about it oh fargo think fargo right that, it's that oh well, you world, betcha right? yeah but they don't really sound like that oh like it's one of those things that when you're in town the only thing that i would say is i think it would be very hard to know who was gay in Minneapolis because they all sound so nice and polite and helpful and I know that's a horrible stereotype thing to say but you know how sometimes I uh, Rebecca Shaw uh, at Brocklesnitch on Twitter is very funny and she wrote a great article uh, recently or maybe a great tweet about uh, gaydar and you know she pointed out the fact that when people say they have gaydar really what they're saying is that they have uh, entrenched stereotypes about what gay people are like. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. actually what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a positive thing to no, say. No, no, no. And so, so I know what I'm saying is also falls into that basket. But in Australia, sometimes if a guy is just really well-spoken and helpful, like a lot of the time it turns out that guy's gay. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a certain way of speaking that you go, right, but that's how everyone in Minneapolis speaks. Yeah, like, right. literally every man in Minneapolis speaks like, he might be hitting on you. <laughs> yeah. I am, we had um, a couple of friends around, uh, you know, Disco and his boyfriend at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's a friend of ours uh, who's gay. And I don't consider myself, like I grew up with gay siblings and stuff. I don't, I'm not even vaguely homophobic, but... Although one, if you hate your brother or sister at any stage and they're gay, like when you're growing up, does that mean that you're like... Does, does it ever, we have to separate. Does it ever get blamed uh, on it, homophobic? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, actually. I'm not a homophobic, you're just an asshole. <laughs> Mom, Charlie's punching me in the arm. It's a hate crime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not. She stole my Lego. <laughs> but we had these friends around and they we'd made dinner and stuff and we were watching a movie and one of them started cleaning up and I said, oh, you can tell you're gay. And I'm like, and right. he's like, why? And I said, well, because, you know, you're so polite and you're cleaning up and stuff. Yep. And they're like, uh, no, we're just polite. Right. And, I and was that's like, offensive. I mean, it is. I get why that's offensive. Oh, totally. I, but it was one of those things where it was like, you, I mean, you can just not think about those kind of things. And then I'm like, of course, I just completely stereotype someone. Right. And rather than just sort of being appreciative of what they're doing, try to sort yeah. of like, you know, no, you attach can, it to yeah, because, some uh, DNA hardwiring that all right. gay people are polite and clean and neat. Because if you're actually not, if you're 100% cool with it and not stereotyping somebody, then what you assume is that people can be everything. Yeah. And this is the thing with like when you debate about like refugees or whatever, when people are like, oh, well, they, yeah, when someone comes to Australia as a refugee mm. and commits like a, a crime mm. and people are like, we shouldn't be letting these people in. Yeah. We've got to accept the idea of if we are going to let people in, we're letting them in in the understanding that they will probably be proportionately as good, bad, and as indifferent as the, the rest of, of the us fucking yeah. are. Get 20 other people and lock them in a fucking cage and see, I'm, I'm sure it's probably going to be the same amount of statistics that end up, you know, rioting and the same amount of statistics that end up, you know, committing horrible things against other people and the same amount who are desperate. And, mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. they're just human fucking beings. But anyway, yeah. but but you are stereotyping when you're doing that. Yeah. And like, it's, it, it's funny that... But having said that... Yeah. Like you said, you meet people in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota? No. Yeah. Yeah. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. The, it's the same place. It's all one's inside the other. I mean, it, it's kind of like, it's that sort of like uh, gray area where some stereotypes are actually complementary. Right. Know? 
but oh, and things become stereotypes because, like, sometimes there are things about races or people or whatever that they do have in common. Yeah, because they were all raised in the same way or under the same yeah. cultural influences or whatever. You know, have you ever felt stereotyped as an Australian? So particularly living, you know, overseas now. Yes. Now, not in a, a necessarily a particular. And, and what bad are way, the but... kind of tropes or what are the go tos for people? I mean, it's simple. It's I mean, it's literally Paul Hogan. That's it. It's like it's you but, know it's crocodile Dundee. No, no. But what I mean is, do they because you they someone meets you, all they know is that you're Australian. Do yeah. they make assumptions about you? Yeah. That they, they, that you like I mean that you're, that you're fr- a beer friendly. Drinking. That you drink a lot. That you drink big beers, that you probably have kangaroos where you live, that you know, throw a shrimp on a Barbie and like yeah. drink a fucking Foster's and the Outback Steakhouse. I'm, I do a whole bit about this in the new show, but yeah, the Outback Steakhouse, which is the Australian themed restaurant that has nothing to do with Australia. So they kind of associate those sort of things with our countries, even though they're nothing to do with our country. Yeah, right. And it, it's a really interesting exercise. And this is an idea I explore sort of more comedically in my show. But So I'm going to give you five minutes for free. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to hear the rest, pay for it. No, um, which is that, and I do it in a very flippant way kind of to make the point. Although I got a review in uh, by SPS, which I thought was so hilarious. Where she said, oh, he makes this point about, because I talk about being a white Australian guy going to the Outback Steakhouse <laughs> and how as a white Australian man, I have never experienced racism. Now the point that I'm clearly trying to raise there is that it's 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 basically impossible now you can experience incidents of racism i have had you know people say racist things to me Mm. but i have never lived in an environment where being a white man was most of the time a thing that people could use against you is most of my life been an advantage like you know i didn't choose to be a white man but I benefited from being a white man in my life. And that's mm. absolutely true. There's no, absolutely no denying that, you know? So um, I, the point I was trying to make was this idea of like, I've never experienced anything like racism. And then I went to the Outback Steakhouse and I was like, oh my God, like I'm not even really upset about this, but I'm upset about this. <laughs> yeah, a, you know, they, they've invented- You're lampooning my people. Right. Like, <laughs> oh my God, there's really? A, there's a thing called the Bloomin' Onion, right? <laughs> and like, I was like, that's not a thing people in Australia eat. It really offended me. I was like, you started tipping over tables. I was like, it's like the end of Soylent Green, where you're knocking food out of people's hands, and you're like, it's not true. This is not, not Australian food. It's people. Yeah. Oh, I got those two confused. Yeah. But I no, kind, of, I kind of felt a bit of that at the end of Point Break. Right. When they had Peter Phelps saying, "Don't go out there. It's death on a stick," as if yeah. it's a common usage. Right. And then and some it, American the fact actor that it was on like Bell, it was meant to be on Bell's, Bell's Beach, Beach, and it was like pine trees yeah. or fucking whatever. <laughs> And then that cop ran out, who was obviously an American actor. Yeah. And then he's like, what are you doing? You're letting him get away. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like, it sounded like a cat. doesn't even sound like Australian. But I did feel kind of offended. Yeah. Oh, Pacific Rim. Did you see Pacific Rim? Yeah. What the, I see, the thing about that, I don't understand. I didn't actually mind Pacific Rim. I heard a lot of bad things before I went to see it. Uh-huh. So my expectations were really low. My expectations were pretty low. And I still think it was worse than I thought it was going to be. But how come... They didn't can't... Are you telling me there aren't any Australian Two Australian actors? Act- I think it was... Like, re- aren't Australian actors I think like the hottest revenge. thing in the world right now? Revenge, man. <laughs> it was revenge. They've been stereotyping us for too long. They're trying too, to keep the man down. There's too many Australian actors 
It's like that episode of The Simpsons, you know, where the movie comes to town and they're painting uh, uh, horses yeah, uh, yeah. to look like giraffes or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. it is. How do you make it? Well, then what's a cow? You tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. An Australian can't play a convincing Australian to Americans. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, actual, the actual South Australian African. accent doesn't sound anything like the Australian accent to the American ear. It's true, though. It's true. <laughs> I mean, every time... I've been impersonated by an American. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their go-to is... And it's like, what? It's, it's, like, it's like watching a, a, a movie like a Star Trek or something where like the aliens talk and they'd be translated. I mean, I, have, I think I was, right. I was well-educated. I but speak quite well. But here's another example of why Australians should never complain, right? If we're not never complain, like there's plenty of good things we should complain about, but why we shouldn't complain about this. People do my accent like that all the time. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't even have that tone. Like, but here's the thing. This is how lucky we are as Australians. Mm. That when someone does that to us, we'd think that is hilarious and then never give that one moment's more thought because we think there's nothing wrong with being Australian, right? You know what I mean? Whereas if that was somebody coming up to an Asian person (laughs) and just went, oh, ching chong, ching chong, ching ching chong. That would be fucking really offensive or whatever, right? So we've never had to experience what it feels like when somebody makes fun of your accent yeah. and we feel hurt by it. Because yeah, no yeah. one's ever been hurt. And they make the... Like, they do it so badly. Yeah, yeah. And so horribly, broadly and offensively if, you know... Yeah. If you, but we just can't... But having a- said that, like, when you do come back to Australia, especially if you've been in a non-English speaking country for a while and you hear that pilot announcement... It does sound like a low flying Cessna. It is kind of like Australians do have that kind of nasal tone. I, I sat next to this um, hot woman uh, on my flight back. <laughs> I love how we've just done a 15 minute dissertation of stereotyping and you reduce a woman to her basest element hotness. She was hot. <laughs> so, um, I was flying. You are, you're right, Will. To go back to the earlier point, where uh, people aren't just one thing. We, we have many dimensions. You can be sensitive and articulate and also completely fucking gross. Right. So, no, I didn't do anything gross. I just noticed she was hot. I'm a person. You know what? I'm a fucking social observer, man. Yeah, I'm teasing. It's like, fine. I make my living observing things and people enjoy my observations. So, you're telling me that I can't walk around and observe things? That's literally my job. No, no. That's no. what I should be doing. I just didn't realize. I'm not sure. I, I just didn't realize you're one of those comics. Uh, hey, have you ever noticed? Well, every comic is that. Have you ever noticed? Everything ever is noticed? something you've noticed. <laughs> like literally, that's the whole point. You, read that? you, you can't that? do comedy about things you've never fucking noticed. Well, look. You know what I've never noticed? Because <laughs> even in saying the <laughs> you thing, you know what I've never thought of. <laughs> <laughs> Subatomic particles. Right. Until now. Until now. But now you have. Yeah. I don't like this sort of Mate, I challenge you to do an entire set and that's stuff that you have never noticed or thought of before. <laughs> instead of, I'll just remake Seinfeld. Except instead of him saying, have you ever noticed? It'll be like, I've never noticed and it's inverted all. So anyway, I flew back from LA a few days ago and um, to come back to do some shows in Sydney, which were very fun. Thanks very much for everyone who came out to the shows. It's okay, Will. That's, that's Sydney answering you. Uh, they, were, they were great fun. I had a good time. Um, 
I, I don't ask for enough good stuff backstage though. One night, so the first night, what can I was, you? What, what's your rider? What's your right, rider, man? So I'll tell you about the shows at the end more, but I have to come back to this flight. So, um, so the first night at the end more, it's a beautiful venue for people that don't know the end more who are listening out of Hang Australia. On, wait one sec, you've got a chalkboard here. Why don't you just write up "hot woman" on the blackboard? So remember to come back to it. This could change the way we do TOEFOP. All right. Never right. again will there be an unfinished story. Or that's going to cause trouble with Amy <laughs> when uh, she walked Will is mixedly writing Hot Woman on his blackboard. <laughs> and the only thing that is written on my blackboard is Hot Woman. <laughs> <laughs> she either thinks you're having an affair or you're like uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs that you've been tucking your penis away and doing that creepy dance in the mirror. <laughs> I am a hot woman. <laughs> Goodbye, horses. <laughs> Would you fuck me? I fuck me. <laughs> Put on lipstick. <laughs> That's what I would think if I walked in and saw that ring on your board. Well, the blackboard's a good idea, though, because I can write up things that are potential show titles, and then it means when I go to put it up on the internet, it's easier for me to come up with a show title. So yeah. well, it's a good thing, no, Charlie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good function. Okay, so, so and more than back to Hot Woman. All right, so first night at the Enmore, because <laughs> uh, it was Sydney Comedy Festival, so uh, there was a show on before me at the Enmore, and um, it was Bob Saget. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Full from House. Full House. Yeah. Notoriously dirty Bob Saget, right? My God. At one stage, so I'm backstage and I'm talking to Luke McGregor who was doing support for me for the shows who is brilliantly fucking funny. I hope that I'll... uh, He's just... I hope I'll get to work with him more but he's like... He could get to a point by next year that he's just too big that I'll never get to work with him again. He's he's just... Aussie comic? Yeah. And he's like, to me, he's... And they're nothing... In some ways, they're nothing alike, yeah. but in some ways, they're really alike. He reminds me of when Husey came through, where suddenly people were just like, oh, like oh, I get guy. what he's doing, and I really fucking like it. It won't be for everyone, but I think the people who like it, and I was really happy that the audiences that came to my shows really seemed to, to love him. But we're just sitting backstage and having a chat, but there's monitors of the early show, so we can watch Bob on the monitor. And in between the conversation, I would just occasionally check back to the screen and see how he was going and have a look. And either in the 15 minutes I did that, I happened to catch the 10 blowjob jokes that he did, or he was doing so many blowjob jokes that every time I looked, he was doing a blowjob joke. Wow. But yeah, it was like dirty. I mean, how many can you do? I mean, well, apparently heaps. <laughs> At least more than 10. But I would say heaps more than 10. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's dirty. So fucking nice though. Like we hung out a little bit afterwards and he was like, could not have been more delightful. You're not really that dirty on stage, are you? I swear. Yeah, you swear, but you don't like get filthy and explicit. I mean, you occasionally do a bit of toilet humor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But would you, because I would feel embarrassed. I'm like, I can be dirty talking to friends and stuff and Uh maybe on a podcast from time to time. I know. But to to get on stage, would you feel embarrassed to be really dirty? Like to tell blowjob jokes? Yeah, yeah, I think I probably would be. Although there's plenty of things I've talked about on stage that I think other people would find embarrassing. In fact, someone called uh, uh, Richard Stubbs's radio show. Richard Stubbs is this. Uh, has been mentioned on the podcast before, but uh, Richard Stubbs is this like a, he was like a king of like comedy when I. You know who I used to confuse Richard Stubbs with in the eighties when I was a kid. <laughs> Richard Stubbs and Dean Jones. Oh, yeah, they, they kind of looked, looked the same. When I was a kid, I thought they were the same person because I was a huge Jonesy fan. Yeah. And then I saw him on like the Steve Vizard show or something. I'm like, Dean Jones can do comedy. He can do everything. 
Not only is he the best one-day average in the Australian team, he also tells jokes. I uh, love that um, not only did we alienate them with the obscure <laughs> AFL chat early on, <laughs> and but Steve now Monaghan. we're going, which former Australian one-day cricket stars <laughs> look like which former Australian metropolitan radio stars? <laughs> But, you know, that's how not. obscure can we make these references? I'm going to start talking about my neighbour, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> and who he looks like. Oh, this other guy none of you know. Uh, <laughs> but you, you know what, though? For the like, people who knew those get, guys, though? For the people who get what we're talking yeah. about, that's some fucking fried halloumi right there. Right, yeah. Is, it, what, is that your new catchphrase? No, that's, I just I literally fried had fried halloumi right before I came around to see you. Because oh, really? uh, Ada, who I work with on the show, uh, oh. she's from Cyprus. Her mum makes regular trips and gets the good stuff, like the real Cy- Cyprus halloumi. And apparently, like, it's... I mean, it is the tastiest halloumi you'll ever eat. But right. she literally... Cyprus halloumi sound like a Cyprus Hill... A Cyprus halloumi. <laughs> Cyprus Hill cover band. Like, Cyprus halloumi. Every, every... Slice it up and put it in the pan. Like, they'd be perfect to tour because after you have a fucking hit from the bomb, you're like, Cyprus, I would love some halloumi. Cyprus halloumi. No, she's from Cyprus. She's Cypriot. And yeah. her mum... Because uh. apparently that's where, like, the best halloumi's made is inside yeah, it. So yeah, her mum yeah. makes really Everyone knows that, mate. Which, and she comes back with the halloumi strapped to her like one of yeah. the Bali Nine. <laughs> like she'll be on board of security. But also I, on Channel 7, so that's fine. I'm looking like Ada will come to work and say, like, she'll take orders from the crew and it is like a, this big drug deal. Like, you know, on the Friday she'll come yeah. and take orders then she comes in with this big bag of halloumi and so I took, I took home about, <laughs> I don't know, three or four pounds of it. Right. And I'm just, it is so good. Like, it's the it's the tastiest. How, how do you world. cook it? I just Watch your halloumi... Oh, regime well, recipe. Put it, put it in a pan. Like it's it's just no, but like I mean, what? Don't just say fucking put it in a pan. Oh, so what? Do, like, I'll tell you what I you, made today. Yeah, and to do eat. you do you cut it? Are you eating it with other stuff? Like I want to know well, what's going. Really, no, you don't. No, You're going to make fun of me. I can tell. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to be honest. Okay, a I want to know. B yes, it would make it better if I could also make fun of you. Okay, but. But I do want to know regardless, so I you, might not make fun of you, you. Do you eat halloumi? Do you eat oh dairy Oh my God, I love halloumi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently... And halloumi's like you go to if you're at, like, for example, uh, when I was in uh, Portland. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Portland. I'm going to talk about how gay they are. <laughs> I just fucking love Portland so much. Like, it was my you know, favorite place I've ever Isn't Portland, been in my they life. say, it's stuck in the 90s? Oh, that's why you love it, right? It's it's like a time capsule. It's, it's my, like under the dome for hipsters. It may. It's like me going back to like the perfect time of my life but with the confidence and what I know now it's like the perfect dream scenario like it is perfect it's basically a time machine right it's a hot time time machine Portland time machine. I it is literally as close to as I will ever get to a time machine Uh if I think that if I mean holy shit maybe that's what it is maybe there is a wormhole on the border of Portland you actually, it is like hot tub. To be honest, step into the past. Now that I think about this, I did not hear any music in any of the cafes that wasn't from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, but I like, heard you know, a lot you know of the Smiths. Hot, you know, how in a hot tub time machine, they keep the same old actors playing the young versions themselves. Yeah. Everyone sees them as being young. That's what happens when you go to Portland because you're actually, you know, twenty years older than you when yeah. than the nineties or fifteen years older than the nineties. But when you go back there, you look at yourself and you see, you know. That you will, but everyone else sees young will. So what would they see? Fat Eddie Vedder hair, fucking uh, soul patch. Uh, let me get army jacket. Bet you had an army jacket. This is actually a really good idea. Like for a Movie. show. 
like the, a, a place that, that you step in. That it's it turned, stuck in a personal time. Walk. Well, that it turns out because no one really knows what's that. That's what it is. Yeah. Like they think it's like a hipster town, like Portland, yeah. where everyone's kind of doing that thing. But to be honest, if I'd walked around that town and you'd later told me, "Oh no, it turns out that that it's is stuck actually in time stuck in time," and when you're there, like you everyone know, sees you as being twenty years younger, right? But do you oh, need, no, you know, you, you don't, don't have to, to do that. No, you don't have to be younger. seen as 20 years younger. You can just go back as you. Because I don't want to go back as old me. I want to go back as me, me now. Okay, right. Because so it's literally, I would fucking dominate a town like so that So the now. idea is that so something happened. There was a rip in a wormhole that somehow isolated this one part of America. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so there's an invisible barrier that surrounds... The uh, some, for some reason it fits the state borders yeah. perfectly, right? It's like under the dome, but under the bong. <laughs> under the bong? Yeah, it's a it's a weed town. Oh right, oh, it's a big weed town. Ah uh, yeah. Uh, for some somehow I just started hearing like Jamaican music coming in there. Reggae? No, it's like uh, after a gig I did. It, it's weird in your life where you go forty years without hearing a sentence, and then you hear the same sentence twice in the one day. Uh, that sentence was, um, "Hey." I actually grow my own specialty brand of weed. Would you like to try it? Twice in an hour. Two wow. different people who grow their own like strains of weed. Is that part weed. of the states that were legalized? Mate, yeah, it is. And it's also that it it's all like crafts and people doing home yeah, brews right. and home That's things. Crazy. And like I had um, a breakfast at uh, <laughs> Fried Egg I'm in Love. Um, <laughs> that's like from the Simpsons right, you know right. I mean? how they do their joke yeah. the shop I had things. the free range against the machine did you really yeah oh my god it is stuck in a time warp yeah it, re- it really is there and, were people riding ra- had, razor scooters down the street and there's halloumi in it and see that's what I, that was my point was that when you are a person who doesn't eat meat the, the go to is normally halloumi like, yeah. yeah, that's your kind of... Well, I did a bit of research on halloumi because okay. I was eating so, so much of it yeah, lately. No, me. but it's it's quite... I want to know more. No, I want to know about how you prepare it. I'm still interested. Well, all I do is... All I did today was I went... Well, how thick? It's actually a funny story. How thick do you... Like, is it a funny story? Well, it's a, kind of a sad story now that I think about it. Uh, okay. My girlfriend's been away for almost six weeks now. How is that going? Uh, it's all right. I mean, yep. we've been getting the 10 years. So. I'm going to write halloumi on the board just in case because I feel like this No, this is a long run-up. Um, what I'm doing is a long a long run-up to get to back to halloumi. Okay, cool. So, Jamie's just been Just so like, that we know to get back. I, wrote, I just got halloumi. Halloumi? 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 Hot woman halloumi. That's what Amy's going to say if she comes in tomorrow. She's going to say, who is this halloumi? Who is this halloumi you're talking about? Writing notes to her on the blackboard out the back. I don't know you're doing. She's obviously a hot woman. You wrote it on the blackboard. Uh, no. So, Jen's been away for a while. So, I've just gotten used to... Well, at first, I was like, well, I'm just... You know, it's fine because I had a bunch of work to do and stuff. And I'm just going to kind of concentrate on that. But then, after a while, you're like, I actually need to get out of the house and do things. Yeah, sure. But I thought, well, I can't do anything that I used to do with her because it's not as fun. Like, seeing films or right. going out for a bite to eat or whatever. Or just, having sex. Or having sex. <laughs> Yeah, that's not talking about that. I really think no, no forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we got we got a lot of episodes to record. <laughs> so, uh, I just the other night I was like, because one thing we do up the road from us is this pub that we love going to, where you can cook your own steak. They literally uh-huh. had the cuts of meat you got there. And it's, I've been to that hotel with you. Yeah, right. I've seen you experience the joy of cooking your own steak. <laughs> yeah, that's not a joy that I really have as a person who doesn't eat steak. Yeah, it, you know. Well, if they said like, you can cook your own mushroom, I'd be like, like what that I, seems like what I, like I go to a restaurant it. because 
they cook shit for me. Well, this is more. Can I cook my reason, own steak at my house? Yeah, you isn't that, that like no, how? Because they... what it's like, it's like having an indoor barbecue because you get a few people together, you stand oh, around okay. the big grill, you socialize as All you right. cook. All right, okay. So it's kind of like an yeah. arts and crafts night that you can eat. <laughs> no, no. I'm so um, I went there. So I was. Jeremy and I normally go there together because it's two for one steak. Blah blah blah. Yep. Last night I'm like, well, I don't. Oh, really, I could eat two steaks. I don't really want to. <laughs> no, I, don't, I was like, I don't really want to go on my own. Uh-huh. But oh fuck it, I'll go up there. So I go up yep. and I say to the lady, uh, you know, I just had the steak, and she's like, well, it's two for one tonight. I said, yeah, yeah. But I'm here on my own. I'm just here on my own. And she's like, this is like the saddest movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, it is, and right? then everybody hurts by REM came yeah. on the stereo. No, what what came on the stereo is uh, so she points out, you know, well, look, the meat's really good because it is really good cuts of meat. Yeah, she's gone. It'd just be a waste. And I said, well, I said, okay. Hang on. By the way, how is it a waste? Because it's not like they no, but I'm the money. I can get two for one. Oh yeah, the money's a waste. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like when you order it, they cook another one and then just throw it out. No, no, she wasn't saying that. She's saying it'd be a waste for you not to get the other one. Yeah, okay. So I get the second steak and I cook them both together. And while I'm... Uh, oh, this is so beautiful. You just, you, a lonely guy who normally comes... Steaks, to he take moves, one home to, to eat the next day. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh. So... Um, and everyone at the pub, when you walk out, they all just look at each other like, we saw it too. Yeah. Well, that's... Well, the thing about it His is... His wife must have died. My mate, He's an old man whose wife has died. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. That's, that's exactly. It's like. Well, that's it's funny it's you should like. say that because this old couple came up and befriended me at the grill. Like yeah. They just started talking to me and I did think it was unusual that they would come up and just start talking to me. Yeah, because you were doing all the classic signs of an and old you know man whose wife has died. I think maybe that's what was going on yeah. because no, there, there was an old woman, an old lady and they were talking and she started telling me about how her dog died. And I think maybe yeah. she was trying to relate to me because she thought she I was. was sad. Yeah. That she thought like my girlfriend or partner had died. Yeah. And I was there like, because we, every Saturday or maybe, night we used to maybe go, even your dog. Maybe they took their dog to two for one steak night and cooked them a steak every night. I don't think that was it. I think I looked like a loser. So, All right. to get uh, back to halloumi. halloumi. So, I t- that steak that I cooked last night, I took uh-huh. home with me. And this morning, I cut it up, fried up. So, I fried up the halloumi. I cut the beef, which was perfectly medium rare into thin strips. Now, hang on. I want to know how thick you cut your halloumi, though. Because uh, there's like some people will go really go thin super, or no. some people will go like a bit of thick. I'd, uh, how do you okay, like it? So, you... about half... I mean, half my half my little finger. Okay. Or maybe a bit, two-thirds of my little How finger. How do you like... So do you like it to be like uh, very like brown on the outside and kind of harder in the middle or do you want it all to feel like it's gooey? Are we still talking about halloumi? <laughs> oh, no, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Food porn. People, people would be glad. Uh, I like it to be golden brown either side, a little runny in the middle, not yeah. too much oil. Yeah, all right. Okay. So I put in a tiny bit of spray oil into the pan. Uh-huh. I put it on a low heat. And spray oil. Interesting. Spray oil, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, then I had this crusty uh, sourdough roll that I bought from the shop. So yeah. I chop up some, um, uh, chop up some cucumber. Uh, you wanted to know? No, I do want to know. Put I'm enjoying it. Beef that was me enjoying roll. myself. I uh, had some um, American mustard. I put that on top of the beef. Any butter? No, no butter. No butter. No, no. margarine. Nothing. Then I had no. I had some um, uh, avocado on the top part of the bun. Okay, yeah. Right. Which people, it's a controversial choice, but I think avocado grows quite well with uh, halloumi. Yeah. And so then the halloumi, I took out a bit of black pepper, a bit of lemon into the roll. Boom. That's I my like halloumi that. story. Yeah, that's good. He's satisfied. Yeah. Are you not entertained? <laughs> no, I love it. 
But here's what happens, because sometimes I think I'll do that, right? Sometimes I'll like, you know what I should have for breakfast this morning? I'll like cook, I'll have a bit of like a, you know, I'll cook some eggs mm. and I'll like get some of that vegetarian bacon that I know that I have in my fridge yeah. and I will like cook that up and I'll like have some avocado because I like avocado with that as well. Mm. And to make it a bit like extra special, mm. I'll like cook up some halloumi and I'll yeah, have a bit yeah, of it. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. Right? Halloumi is the kind of cool friend. Yeah. You know, you don't see all the time, but when it comes around, it's right. always a good time. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> special this morning. Balumi's flying in from Cyprus. Right. Is he to entertain? Hey, come right. on, Charlie. Let me entertain your taste buds. Hey. But here's what ends up great. Here's what know. ends up happening. Uh because I will cook the halloumi and then I will just eat the halloumi. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. You're right. That's exactly what happens. That's why you right? don't cook the halloumi first. Oh, you make that stuff first so you're compelled to eat the rest. Are you one of those people who finishes what's on your plate even when you're not hungry? Because oh, yeah, your mum yeah, raised yeah. you that way? Uh, I try not to throw up food. I've talked about this before, but I am a hypocrite about this, as Felicity Ward pointed out to me, um, because I used Thanks, to Thanks, Felicity. <laughs> See you next time on the show. I, Point out more of my flaws. That's oh, true, though. I, um, I, I used to go to the Standard for breakfast all the time, and I used to have the same thing every day, and every day there was like, one bit of that meal that I scraped out of it and one bit that I didn't eat and yeah. I should have just ordered it every day without those two things so I understand that I'm a hypocrite but I tr- do try to normally not what were the food. what were the things you don't like I, I always forgot that the guacamole that they put on it like was has onion in onions, it and yeah, I'm not yeah. very good with onions so I'd scrape that out and the the how many times before you didn't remember? Before uh, like, I would forget every day. That's so dumb. Sometimes I smoke weed before I leave the house. <laughs> yeah, right. I, um... <laughs> That's, uh, that was almost <laughs> scarily foreboding. <laughs> that line was like in Aliens when Newt is talking about the aliens and she says to Sigourney Weaver, they mostly come out at night. Mostly. Sometimes I smoke weed before I leave the house. Holy Joel Haley Osment should say that while talking to Bruce Willis. It's I smoke weed before I leave the house. It's, it's legal. It's legal there, Charlie. And sometimes I'm like, well, I'm going to have breakfast anyway. Yeah. So I might as well have better breakfast. <laughs> Everything's better with Batman and weed. <laughs> In brackets. Um, so yeah, I would always forget. I just order it, and you know, and then it gets to a point where. You've ordered it so many times and they know you so well that you go in and they're like the usual. And I like being the usual. Like, I love having something where I go somewhere. Yeah. And hey, Tom, the usual. Right. Drink slides down the bar. And they here. would ask me all the time, <laughs> you just want the usual? Like, yeah. I would have my, like, soy latte when I came in. I would normally have another one before I ordered breakfast. Yeah. They knew my routine. And yeah. I felt very comforted by that in a place where... I'm not catching up with people so much and I'm away from home. It's nice to have that, right? And I didn't want to suddenly be like, it feels like that point in a relationship if I did it too far in of like, you know when like your partner says to you, this is a big trap for anyone who's listening to this. This is always a big Uh, trap in a relationship where they say, hey, no, there'll be no judgments on this, but is there anything about me that really annoys you but you've been pretending to like because just... Don't, easy trap no easy know. trap don't walk into it don't keep walk. your mouth shut just, no matter how nice no. she put frames no, no, it no, no matter how like you know cool time you're having yeah no good can come of it no good can come of it <laughs> I like everything about you that I've so far pretended to like this is what we've agreed to. Yeah. I've set my parameters. And just know we that can't there's fucking stuff, change now. Know the stuff about you that she hates, that she doesn't talk it's about. It's fine. 
And you know what? Better not that Better, you don't know. Let's never bring it up. Ignorance is bliss. There's a point where you just have to keep denying. No good can come of... And so that's what I felt like with this breakfast is... Like, no good can come of this. I, to be honest, much like a relationship, I started to resent... Not resent them. But I started to go, have you not noticed that I never eat it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I was kind of like, what? Yeah, so it was really like a passive-aggressive relationship on a breakdown. Yeah, where yeah. I was kind of like... When you stormed out, the chef was like, scratching it out. Why did you just say something? If you're mad, just say something. Just don't order it. Yeah, it's anyway. actually... Uh, it's a good actually it's a good point that passive aggressiveness or that Jules Lund a lot of the reason this show uh, has come back has Oh, been, we should talk about that because thanks. here's the thing we've we've done about an hour and I think Okay. Here's what we we should Yeah, that's just Here's what we should episode. explain to people. Oh, well, hi, we're back. Secondly, um, we'll explain more about that as we keep talking, but because I'm going back overseas, we're going to try to record as many of these as we possibly can in this time. Yeah. I can't tell you how often they'll come out because we won't know until we see how many of them we record, yeah. how often they can come out and, and that sort of thing. But you hear more as it progresses and stuff like that. But um, we might try to keep them to about an hour yeah, yeah, so that we can do more of them. Yeah. That, and so, really, let's be honest, the quality starts to dip over 60 minutes every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so yeah, so that's what I was going to say. We should kind of start to well, we'll, Yeah, we'll start this but, next story. So we'll start Jules London in the next yeah. episode. Okay, and uh, so I'm going to write that on the board. That'll... Um, yeah, and we just... Oh, that, and Hot Woman. We have to get back to Hot Woman. Yeah, okay. Do you think... That, Hang that, on, we didn't even do Enmore either. You've got to put that up there as well. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Shows at the Enmore, your writer. Hang on, all right. Enmore. Oh, my God. Right now, Will is covering the blackboard like freaking Goodwill Hunting. All right. <laughs> okay. You know what? Peter Skarsgård's going to enter this room, look at the board and go, my God, he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, well, imagine if it's not me, but it's Batman. <laughs> Actually, I mean Stellan Skarsgård. All right, nerds. I got it wrong. Oh, Peter God. Skarsgård's a you younger one from Greenland. ruined this podcast. <laughs> um, all right, so should we finish on this or should we like finish on Hot Woman? Maybe should we... Oh no! Well, do we do we all do all that in the next? Yeah, let's do all that. That's all. Yeah, that's that's, that's the next episode. episode. I think look, it hasn't been bad for our first hit out, preseason hit out. That's what it was. All you want is for your good players to get through the game, and the younger no players injuries. to show a bit. I thought it was good, man. I thought the old rhythm was back there. Yes, yeah. yeah, we got into Batman within two seconds. So. I didn't feel like it was forced. <laughs> no. We certainly didn't finish most of our stories. So, I mean, that's <laughs> the old magic's like, back. That seems to. Have... We're back. I'm mad. You're black. <laughs> what's that, what's that? Apparently, put the lethal weapon. What did Mel Gibson say in Lethal Weapon Two? We're back. We're bad. Yeah, you're, you're black. black. I'm, I'm mad. mad. <laughs> yeah. That's the new Joe Fox slogan. Until someone goes, a lot of that know, is yeah, incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's racist, but, but you're not black. Uh, <laughs> uh, I reckon new t-shirt, we're back, we're bad, we're black, we're black, we're, we're back, we're back, we're bad, you're black, I'm mad. There's <laughs> just one of us in blackface. That'll be great. <laughs> Your employers will be like, um, uh, why didn't we let him do this again? <laughs> Think it had something to do with Jules Lund. Yeah. We won't know until the next episode what exactly it had to do with Jules Lund, but I think Will has written on a blackboard, so let's <laughs> let's download the next one. All right. Uh, okay, well, let's finish up here then, and we'll start the next episode with those things. Um, uh, I can't remember. Do we what do we do? Outro? 
How do we answer? I'm Charlie Clawson. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm Will Anderson. Is that what we, and then we We used to kind of say thing, something from the episode. No, that, I think that I didn't for a like, short time. Yeah, but that, that I don't was, know yeah. that was a thing. We would just say we just what we just did. I mean, okay, yeah. So the, the thing I would say is um, uh, the, the podcast is back. So if uh, you have enjoyed listening to it, um, uh, rate it on uh, iTunes. Yeah. That would be um, something to do. Shit, it's so weird. You just, even having, sitting opposite you, hearing you say that, like, I just stepped into Portland. <laughs> like, I've just gone to the time warp. It's yeah. just weird. I had a very strange deja vu. This deja is what we have to do when you have a free podcast, mate. When you're in the world of fucking uh, pirate radio, yeah. independent broadcasting, <laughs> yeah, pump up pump the, volume. Up the volume world <laughs> that I live in. Harry Hardon. Yeah, mate. We're just fucking making something, something revolutionary and putting it out on the fucking internet, man. Yeah, that the teens want to hear. Fucking hear, man. <laughs> We can just say shit, man, and people can fucking listen. Yeah. Yeah. All four of them. Yeah. In Thailand. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Out. You're black. I'm mad. I think you got your title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, please rate the podcast on iTunes. You can check out the Facebook page. Uh, you can check out uh, the Tofop website, uh, tofop.com. <laughs> To look at all the old artwork that we paid for and put up the website and then we can... Anyway, whatever. So, I think we're done. Yeah, yeah, we're done. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>